five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miklosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about letters versus postcards today. Okay, but first, some fun. Okay, first, some fun. Let's get over here and see what we got. Okay, so what are you doing, hon? Getting stuff for the Super Bowl. What are you picking up? Just stuff, the basics. Stuff. Chips, soda. Samsung Neo QLED 75-inch TV, cookies. Neo QLED? Yup, great for live action. Get the 85-inch. 85-inch, got it. This is the one. Perfect. Watch Super Bowl 57 in amazing detail on a Samsung Neo QLED TV from Best Buy. Okay, so now you got branding in there. You know, the wife is happy that he's thinking of her <clears throat> so carefully uh, and her enjoyment of the Super Bowl. <laughs> and there's a sale, okay? So Samsung is the official, no, I mean uh, Best Buy is the official Super Bowl retailer, okay? There's another commercial. I couldn't find that one. The official home entertainment retailer, there's probably another home entertainment, there's probably another retailer for like, Long Johns or something, uh, of Super Bowl 57. <laughs> Got to be quick on that stuff. But they're not going to air any ads. So I don't know what that means. I, I don't know what the point of it is. But they're going to have big as its word. Okay, big. I remember when we used to be excited about miniaturization in electronics. And uh, not anymore. So, um <clears throat> It's going to run the stuff. Anyway, in Party List, a fan tries to sneak a 75-inch Samsung Neo OLED TV onto his Super Bowl shopping list. Uh, I found out that Dr. Augustine Fu worked on the OLED, which I hadn't heard about. It's something like an organic LED. And, uh, again, new to me. And, you know, I just bought my first TV in 2020. In 2021, uh, in my, pretty much my life, I just got hand-me-downs as people upgraded. Uh, I don't think you should spend a whole lot on TV, and, and so mine's only a 55-inch. Really nice. I really like it, and for the size of the room, it's it's wonderful. Um, but if my kids wanted to get me one of those for my birthday, which happens to be Super Bowl Sunday, I'd be okay with me. So the house, the spots are running in-house. Uh, spots created in-house, and I thought they did a pretty good job, actually. I like the uh, I like the the uh, Best Buy sales attendant or whatever you call those people now. Um, that was in a wheelchair. I mean that it, you know it didn't take away, it didn't seem uh, contrived, um, but it was good. I thought it was good to. I don't know if they have a special thing supporting disability. Uh, people with disabilities but you know it's good to see um so the super bowl is typically a busy time for consumer electronic sales as consumers look for markdowns on everything they didn't get as a holiday gift okay <laughs> well, I, yeah right and uh 10 of people planning to watch the game say say they intend to buy a new tv which is slightly up from nine percent last year i mean how big can it get right um, and markdowns, are, you can expect as much as 30%. So it is a pretty good time to buy a TV. <clears throat> the 
The digital display space is expected to see a growth of 10% in 2023, so people are still buying TVs. And the National Retail Federation said almost 200 million U.S. adults will watch the game this year, and 100 million say they'll throw a party or attend a watch party. So about half of those. And I don't know. I asked my wife if we were going to have a party or go to one, and she hadn't set it up, and she's basically my social planner, so... I guess I'm watching it by myself with my birthday cake. (laughs) Maybe the kids will come over. Hopefully, spending uh, total spending for the day is expected to hit $6.5 billion or $85 per person. I don't know why that's meaningful. While that's up from $14 billion last year, it's still below the $17 billion spent in 2020, right, which was like just days before the pandemic rolled into the United States or was... Or they used it as an excuse to shut us down. This was a an AI-written article in Men's Journal. And according to a very renowned doctor, was riddled with errors. Okay? And, uh, you know, it's it was pr- probably a stretch trying to think that they could do a medical article. So... Um, the the uh, title of the article was What All Men Should Know About Low Testosterone. And um, John Christian wrote an article in Futurism. And Bradley Anawalt, Chief of Medicine at the University of Washington Medical Center, was asked to review the article probably by Futurism, not by Men's Journal. Um, Persistent factual mistakes, mischaracterizations of medical science, uh, and a profoundly warped understanding of health issues. The article lacked many of the nuances that are crucial to understand normal male health. And uh, there's just enough, pro- this is the serious part, there's just enough proximity to the scientific evidence and literature to have the ring of truth, but there are many false and misleading notes. One was that low T was caused by uh, diet. <coughs> and there were 18 specific errors in the AI-driven article that were flagrantly wrong. Anna Walt continued, Men's Journal acknowledged some, but not all, of the errors. Christian, the author article, continues, The original version distri- described testosterone re- replacement ther- therapy as a synthetic hormone as using a synthetic hormone and stated poor nutrition as one of the most common causes of low T, which is inaccurate. Um, You know, I don't know enough to to comment on that. But here's the real, here's the finish line here. Um, The Arena Group, which owns uh, Sports Illustrated and um, used AI for men's fitness, used 17 years of archives to write the articles and were able to produce articles such as proven tips to help you run your fastest mile yet. You know, that one's a little more innocent, right? It's less likely uh, to be controversial. The best way for men over 40 to maintain muscle, you know, it depends a little on how good those articles are. And that's one of the big problems with just letting it go search the internet because there's you know, if the, if the article is controversial or not, it can be, um, there can be very, 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 very different opinions, let's just say. 
Overall, the AI test demonstrated strong page views, search and social referral, <laughs> RPM metrics, and review and revenue performance. So it got a lot of views. Increasing workflow, uh, increasing work, there we go, this is the one that matters. Increasing workflow efficiencies by more than 10 times the normal rate, the company claimed. And that's what it's all about. We can produce an article that's only completely misleading in minutes rather than in hours or days. And we have enough, we have enough archives that we don't need any more writers. Yeah, okay. You might want to let somebody read it, though, before you do this. So, postcards versus letters. Which is better? Direct mail strategy. Okay, and this is a, from a little while ago. I have a, a search that looks for direct mail articles, and uh, it brings up stuff that I have a filter for it for like the last six days and you can see the filter doesn't work very well so business.com and let's see the author is a 40-year veteran of direct mail um and his name is in here someplace but i didn't highlight it uh but anyway he he starts out as usual direct mail is something you should consider you know, I'm getting tired of that at the beginning because it is, of course, something you should consider. We don't have to defend it. Um, you know, it's it's a big industry. Direct mail provides a variety of options, including flyers, postcards, letters, and even scratch-off mailings. Two of the most popular forms are postcards and letters. As the owner of a direct mail marketing business, addressers, I often get asked, which of the two gets better responses, postcards or letters. While a straightforward answer to this question would be nice, the reality is the type of mail you choose depends heavily on the business you own and the ultimate goal of your marketing campaign. Okay? And, you know, sometimes I wish the math, the basic, basic, basic math, would get touched on in these. And, I, and of course, you know, I say this most every day. Okay, the benefits of postcards, brevity, you can make them eye-catching. They will get opened, right? Make sure you have a call to action. Although, you know, I get postcards from printers that don't have any call to action. That just basically say, we can print postcards. Don't know how they worked. But, you know, if you got some downtime, print some postcards. Uh, so it's a direct call to sign up for a subscription, visit your website, um, or call a number for a quote. Okay? Two things that can enhance this directness. First, um, unlike letters, postcards don't require opening. Okay. Now, if it's a sensitive topic, that works against you. You know, if you're going to talk about incontinence or something, you don't really want to, you know, make it something that everybody can read. Um, so postcards sort of theoretically have a 100% open rate, <clears throat> although you know they might get misplaced or or something like that. They may not get read in depth. 57% of, of recipients claim that they go on to read the postcard, making them the most read form of direct marketing. Postcards are incredibly customizable, as almost all printing is today. Okay, so that doesn't really make them, that doesn't differentiate them from letters. Uh, but you can customize text, graphic, images for each piece of direct mail if you can think of a reason to do it. 
Um, through variable data printing, it's easy to personalize your message and provide us. It's not easy. <clears throat> this is wrong. <laughs> and what I mean by that is it's easy to substitute graphic images. It's easy to su substitute copy. But why? Why are you doing it? What do you know about the people that you're sending it to? Almost nothing, even if they're your customers. You know, if you're sending your customers pieces of mail, um, you know, uh, Andrew Ettinger does a lot with HVAC contractors and, and uh, service companies. And, you know, you could put, you know, you last had your, your furnace inspected and the date or, you know, the month. And, um, you know, maybe it's time to do it again. Here's 20% off. Okay. That would be a, a, a really reasonable personalization, right? Or last time we last time we inspected your air conditioner, we found the wires eaten by mice. That's what happened to me. And uh, maybe it's time for it again. Okay, that kind of thing you can do if you have the customer data, and if you can, you know, you may have the order data, you may have the work orders, but you know, it's a lot of work to summarize that into what exactly that meant. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to just print out you used. Uh, service module 785 from us two years ago would you like another one because the customer won't even know what you're talking about and neither do you uh so you have to you have to create variables you have to push that into into piles was it air conditioner or was it furnace or was it something else you know maybe it was plumbing um so it's a lot of work to personalize it's not a lot of work for the printer it's a lot of work for the for for whoever's looking at data Okay. And I don't know why that isn't more clear. You know, I talked to, uh, to Paul down at uh, Market Builder last week because I'm working on the third edition of my book. I don't know. I usually keep it around here someplace. So I can... And it's going to be humdinger, barn burner. I promised sneak peeks to the people who came to the webinar about it. And I asked him, you know, I, I, when I got started, the book starts off talking about when I got started in direct mail back in the 70s, and Farm Journal had used R.R. R. Donnelly to, to send a different edition of their, of their journal to pig farmers versus wheat farmers, for example. And it was just all the rage in the late 70s. Every magazine is going to be custom tailored to your household, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I just got a Sports Illustrated, and it had people on the cover I didn't care about. Deion Sanders? That's not my thing, okay? <laughs> maybe Giannis Atanakimbo, maybe, but uh, was not personalized to me at all. And so, and not even to my region. So, um, those personalization ideas and promises have basically gone completely undelivered for pretty much 50 years. Okay, I just want you to think about that, okay? And so, I asked Paul down there, what percentage of your customers really use personalization? And he said about half, but of those, only about 10% really do it well. So that's like 5% overall, which is what I said in my book when I wrote the first edition back in 2007. <coughs> I said 10%. Still today, not because the printers, it's because it's hard. I want you to know. Okay, let's go on. 
Postcards are notably cheaper, 42 cents. Mm, that's a little outdated. So I looked this up, and he got it from the Direct Marketing Association, which I thought, hmm, that name hasn't been valid for at least six years or something when they changed it to Direct to Data and Marketing Association. Data and Marketing. Um, so anyway, it was a 2012 study, and so they said 42 cents for postcards and 53 cents for letters. That's up quite a bit from that. I would guess more like 75 cents for postcards if you want to do anything interesting, and especially six by nine, and uh, probably you know figure on a dollar for letters. Okay, does that mean that letters aren't better? Well, one of the big points that the author made, and I th agree wholeheartedly, <clears throat> is is that you can make letters more official. So my my daughter was running, was launching a construction uh, convention in Lima. Or wait, before that, she was she was she was marketing to construction companies in Brazil, and she said, "We're we're mailing postcards." I said, um, "Have you ever tried letters?" <clears throat> and she said, "No, we haven't. We just mail postcards." I said, "Well, you should test that." She said, how do you test it? Well, I said, if you've got postcards, still got some postcards, remail a portion of them. Okay, so let's say she was using small counts. So let's say 5,000 pieces. You mail 1,000 postcards, and on the same day, you do a letter, and you, you, know, you invite them, and you make it look very official. You know, and uh, you, can, you can do that. And it turned out that the, the letters got four times the response that the postcards did. And part of it was, she found out later, when she called up a couple of people who said they were going to come, I said, you know, I said, why do you like letters? They said, well, our, post, our postal system in Brazil is a little less, <clears throat> I don't know, professional, let's just say. And they may or may not read our mail, and so we prefer letters so that it is kept confidential. And so letters always get a higher, you know, credibility than postcards but that's how you test it i would say don't don't choose it down here down in here it says it's really important how you choose because this matters a lot okay well if it's that important um then what you should do conclusion it's important to correctly choose which of the two to spearhead your campaign no it's really not <clears throat> that's the difference between direct mail thinking and direct marketing thinking what matters is you want to write your letter, write a letter, get a good solid sales letter and think of the main points, uh, uh, you know, the main benefits, the main call to action, get it all written out in a long form and then boil it down into a postcard. And you can work with your printer or your designer to get it, you know, get it exciting <clears throat> and then run, run the postcards because they're less expensive and you can even do a postcard mailing. And, uh, heck, you can run your letters on your laser printer if you want, right? Um, but take some portion, whichever one you think is going to do better, do mostly that. But take, out of the 5,000, take 1,000 of the other piece and mail them on the same day, same time. Uh, you know, don't, t don't take a different zip code. Take, you know, every other one or something. 
an nth, it's called. Ask your printer about that. And so you get a valid sample set. And then off you go to the races, see which one have a have a slightly different offer code, or we can or we can tell you how to measure the test. You can do a matchback, which works, but that's takes a little more effort. Um, and and really prove it to yourself. Prove it which one's better. We never have to answer this. You know, if, if a client calls me up and says, which is better, postcards or, or letters? I can give them stories of both. But I say, the key is to test it. And the word test, let's just double check. We don't want to, let's type in test, test. Okay, there is one result. So maybe I miss it. Nope, latest. <laughs> Visit your website, check out latest sales. The word test does not appear in this article, and it could be so simply added. Have a great day. Test. And do it right. Do it valid. So if you need it, and if you don't know what that means, hire a direct marketing officer, DMO. Call me. My phone number is below. And the article will be available with some background information from the DMA uh, on the WDMA website shortly.